There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Lombardi line on a Father's Day, Sunday, of course. You got the U.S. Open underway round four. Michael Lombardi, I'm Patrick Maher, live from the Beeston Studios here at the South Point. Now, just like you drew it up, right? Russell Henley and Mackenzie Hughes at five under. Louis <laughs> Wusthuizen as well, who is a, obviously a major winner. But you've got a, behind those a two. And then Wusthuizen, you've got a murderer's row. DeChambeau's two shots off the lead. Uh, Rory uh, shot a 67 yesterday. He was great. He's three shots off the lead. John Rahm, Scheffler. I mean, this is DJ, Morikawa. It's a murderer's row behind two guys. Now, Henley's won a few times on tour, but Mackenzie Hughes is a Canadian, Michael. A Canadian's never won the U.S. Open. That had missed like five straight cuts. So that is a wild one to see his name there. No doubt. I mean, there's some value here. I mean, you get DeChambeau at what three five fifty or three fifty? What's his? I think yeah, his numbers are. Uh, I mean, I, I this morning when I saw it, it looked Rom was at Rom was the seemed to be the favorite going into the day. He was the favorite going into the tournament. I do know that. But there's yep. some. I thought there was some good play. Dustin Johnson was. I think it was he twenty five to one. 
the odds when I saw it. So I, I think, look, it's it's Sunday. It's the U.S. Open. You know, Patrick, i got to be honest with you. I don't think it's a course that's appealing to the eye. I mean, I love looking at the Pacific Ocean, but there it seems too flat. It doesn't seem enough character to it. I, I just really haven't gotten engaged in the U.S. Open in terms of the scenery. It's not pebble, obviously. It doesn't have that ability to draw people in with the holes. But, look, they all play it. They all understand it. I think it'll be an interesting round today, and they seem to be – I think DeChambeau would be a guy – this was ever a moment where he was going to win his first Open. This is the moment to do it. He's sitting in perfect position. It's a nondescript course for a course that's built on the Pacific. Uh, and it's, It is, isn't it? It's I mean, a nondescript I don't want to be course. Critical, but it doesn't just give off that, oh, man, I got to go there. I mean, I look, I know it's a public course and they want to play the public courses. But, you know, I like the courses that have a little bit more character to it, you know, a little bit more feel. I, and I just think to me, I know they want to connect with the public in terms of playing the same courses. But I just don't get the – it doesn't project itself on television like, wow, I'm really drawn in. Yeah, they only work in the cliffs and the water like the final three holes. I had a friend play Torrey Pines, which is a muni, a public muni, that said he walked away with it from the course and from his experience with nothing that was memorable. So you picked up on that. Good job. Quickly, who's ties in? Yeah. Who, who, and then the other thing I'd like to complain about, yeah, if, please. if it's Sunday and Father's Day, let me – how many more commercials are we going to see? I'll take I care mean, of like, that. I mean, like they make it so that it's – well, Will Hill's working on that right now. I've, I've, he's like, I mean, we got you've got the inbox commercials, and then we got the full break commercials. I mean, I, I know NBC had to pay Fox to get it, but my lord, charge us a cover to get into the place. This is ridiculous. The commercials are just taken away from the flow. Your favorite, Wustizen at three to one right now. Updated: DeChambeau four and a half to one. Michael Rory five to one. And Henley, who sits atop the leaderboard, six to one, along with Hughes, is seven to one. By the way, are we sure that Will is married with three children? Because he's texting me Vesna yes. odds. He's like literally texting me odds for uh, hockey bets right now. Like, go, at least say hi to the family on Father's Day, William. Well, um, I mean, he's a he's a professional. He's you know, like, oh yeah, he's grinding. Will Hill is a sharp. He's yeah, he's, he's a sharp. He's I mean, grinding. We can talk about it, but he's a sharp. Yep. Absolutely. Um, Okay, there was something. What, what are you doing for? Like, I didn't really ask you. What are you doing for this Father's Day? Are you going to watch the game today? Tonight? I'm yeah. going out to dinner tonight. Nope. Oh, my nope, gosh. Nope, I'm not doing game it. Game seven. To dinner tonight. Literally the best nope. two words in all of sports. They the do, team that they you've do invested when in. I don't watch. They do. Oh, so you, they do oh, better when I don't low key watch. Cheering they for do them. better when I don't watch. Okay. They do you, better when I don't watch. Are you I'm nervous? Not cheering for them, are no. you nervous? Not, not in the least. I'm mm, not. Seem nervous. Because it takes these are, look at the mental toughness it required. And, and I got to give Milwaukee credit. I didn't think Milwaukee had enough mental toughness. But Milwaukee, you know, they laid it all out there. They played all the minutes. Middleton played a ton of minutes. You know, Giannis played them all. I mean, Holiday didn't shoot well, but he's such a competitor. He kept fighting through it. It wasn't pretty, but he kept fighting through it. So that's what it takes to be a champion, to stand as a champion. You've got to have the ability to fight through adversity and get off the mat and keep punching. I don't see it, Patrick. I don't see it. Not watching the game. Hmm. No. Why should I? Well, I know the outcome. <laughs> Josh is laughing too. Well, we'll send you updates that that I do know. Vsin, 
Now, he, he, no, he's, he's really kind. He leaves me alone. I know he does. I'm Patrick Maher. He, of course, is Michael Lombardi. This is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. We're going to get into the NFC South. Uh, I like that you picked that one out. Steph's got some great information for us. Quickly, before we do transition, just give me an update on the numbers, as Josh astutely pointed out. Uh, the Suns right now across the board, Josh painted four. And then Michael Hawks, 76ers. We are seeing now almost across the board, 76ers now laying six and a half. So just a, a quick thought. We are seeing Get the it Hawks. Because it could go to it could go to six. It could go to six fairly soon. The reason I like the South was because as I look, I don't I looked at the betting board, you know, the week one NFL season betting board. And uh you know, it's early, and but there's, you know, there's a lot of games that have a lot of tickets written up. I mean, the Jet-Carolina game that opens that opens up there, there's a ton of action coming in on the on the Carolina Panthers. And the 1,000 tickets that's being written, 87% of the money. Now, there's no way that's not sharp money. And I think that week one, you can really examine week one here and take a good look at it because the, the people that are betting week one in the NFL season are sharps based on their algorithms, based on their season notes from last year. And so I think that that's why we can handicap a little bit as the week one season comes in. Josh is, by the way, up on a monitor to my left. And when you said that about that money being bet right now being sharp, he, he, he said yes vociferously with his head movement. So you're right. Now, let's go where they're going to finish in the south. And we'll set it up there. Very rudimentary start. The Bucks, they're a two to one. They're minus 200 in division to win it. The Saints are your second betting favorite at three to one. The Falcons are nine to one. And the Panthers are 10 to one. The Buccaneers are prohibitive favorites. Should they be? Well, I mean, they return everybody, right? And they have a player at quarterback named Mr. Tom Brady who thinks he's never won a, t a game. He thinks he's never won a game. So he comes back after winning the Super Bowl and winning the MVP of the, of the Super Bowl and, you know, making everything uh, work for them last year. He comes back as if he didn't win a game. And they return every player. You know, they return all their offensive linemen. They even got Antonio Brown back, who they said they would never sign. Isn't that amazing? Uh, you know, so they're back, and then they're back on defense, which is where I think the strength of their team during the middle part of the season where they could really rush for Pierre Paul, Sue. They signed Sue back, and, you know, they've added a, a young player in that group. They draft a guy named Joe Tyron in the first round to add more depth to the defensive front. So I think they have to be the favorite because, look, who can match them consistently? Can New Orleans? We don't know about their quarterback situation, right? Is it going to be Jameis Winston? Is it going to be uh, – is it going to be, uh, you know, my man uh, – I, I slipped the memory of him, but you know, where are they going to go at quarterback? You know, so right. I think that's got to be the key question mark. You know, we can't really know if that, if they're going to go in that direction. And I think if you're going with Jameis, you know, or Taysom Hill, you've got to be concerned about the consistency over time. I trust Sean Payton, by the way, congratulations to Sean. He just got married again uh, this past Friday. So we wish him congratulations, but um I worry about how good they are and what depth they have. They were really behind the eight ball in the in the salary cap going into the season, and I think that that was that that depth of their football team is going to pay a price for that. The Buccaneers mirror what the Chiefs did after their 19 Super Bowl win. They they brought back everybody, right? And the Chiefs got back to the Super right. Bowl. So yeah. here comes the Bucks doing exactly the same thing. You see the total, Michael said at 11 and a half, a little juice. You got to pay a dollar twenty-five to win a dollar if you want to go over. So twelve or more wins in a seventeen-game season. They open up. They start the season on that Thursday night, hosting the Cowboys. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, look, the, the, every game they go into in the first, what, first five, six games, seven games, eight games, before they get to the bye, they're going to be the favorite every one of them, even the one in New England. And that might be a pick on by the time. We don't know what New England's going to be at that point, but pretty much so. They're going to be a favorite going into all those games. So, you know, they bring back everybody, continuity. I think injury's the only concern you have if you're a Buck fan going over that 11 is, is can they stay healthy? Will Brady stay healthy? I mean, you know, at, at his age, can he maintain this level? And and we know he had his knee hurt last season. He got that repaired in the offseason. So he should come back. And their offense is so dynamic, and he's controlling it. And it's only going to be better a second year within the system. I mean, he knows exactly what he wants to run, and they know what he wants to run now. So there's not that feeling out period. And the only way you're really going to beat him is if their offensive line doesn't play to the level that it needs to play. Because unless you can hit him rushing four, he's awful tough to play. Get ready if you're a father and wanting to be lazy on Father's Day for Tom Brady to get on Instagram and, like, run a triathlon. You know what I mean? Like, flex <laughs> about how he never stops. Okay, well, he's we get probably worked it. Out he'll, be, he'll be tweeting when he's dead he about out. working out. Uh, yeah, he worked out today. I'm sure of it. Good for him. The second betting favorite in the South, Michael, the Saints. I, I'm confused about this team, and I hope you can clear it up. Hendrickson, I think, is a loss on defense. The defense you were – constantly discussed in the quarterback situation. Just give me your overview here on the Saints. Well, I think the corner situation has to be, you know, Lattimore has been inconsistent. He's a good player when at times uh, Robinson has improved out. They drafted a kid in the third round, Odebo. They had out a hope he comes through. Can they rush? I mean, Marcus Davenport's the key, and they draft this kid from Houston, Peyton Turner, uh, that was surprised some people that they picked him that early. But we'll see how he does. I think the key for them is they've always been able to play from behind. Now, you know, the one thing I will say about Sean Payton, he does a great job of making throws for the quarterbacks easy. And with Camaro and Murray in the game, they've got running backs that can do some different things. They're going to have to run the football a little bit. They're going to have to slow the pace down. And frankly, with Hill or Winston in the game, they're going to be able to throw the ball down the field a little bit more. Take advantage of stretching the field and see where they can go with that in their offense. And I think, you know, losing Jared Cook, look, Jared Cook struggled, uh, you know, turned the ball over in the Tampa game, which really hurt him. You know, they have Nick Bennett in there who's bounced around between Seattle and Pittsburgh, and he comes back. But they don't really have a tight end that you said, oh, okay, well, here we go. We got somebody. So Jared Cook being out, and we know Sean wants to use the tight end going back to Jimmy Graham. So, look, they've got to stretch the field better. They must. They have to. And Michael Thomas is still a good player. I just think it comes down to the can they cover well enough and can they get consistent play when they need it the most out of the quarterback position? Nine and a half, excuse me. Nine is the total for the Saints. Of course, 13 and five last year, much different team. A little juice on the under right now. So the better's like the under nine with the Saints. Where are you on that number? Well, I, I would lean towards the under, but I don't really – I think it's perfectly set. I think they're in a transitional state, and I think that's why people are betting the under. I think they're in one of those – we don't know enough about who's going to play quarterback. And you're blindly betting, and I don't think you want to blindly bet on these over and unders. There's too much uncertainty. We don't know who's going to be the quarterback, and if it is Winston or if it is Taysom Hill, are they going to be good enough? You know, in week six of the season, you're going to kick yourself and say, when you watch Hill not play well enough and you watch Winston turn the ball over, I knew they were going to be in the under. They had no quarterback. Well, that was pretty prudent on your part because if you're going in that direction, if you're going to believe that Winston and Hill are going to be who they typically are in the NFL, you should bet the under. 
But you got to add Sean Payton into the mix. You got to add his ability to coach this quarterback and get more out of him. I think it's a transitional team. I mean, look, they suffer. They made their runs. They made their runs. They've had some heartbreaking losses in Minnesota and, you know, where in the Rams game. I mean, you know, they've had two heartbreak. They should have been in two Super Bowls or at least competed for the opportunity to go to at least been in one where the Rams were. I, I got to say this to you. If, if they call the pass interference penalty, I think the Saints beat the Patriots in that playoff game in the Super Bowl. Really? I mean, that's to me that one. Yeah, because they were more dynamic. They were, you know, you had. You know, Belichick couldn't do what he did against Jared Goff. You know, he could. He did some things against Goff that made it hard for Goff. He couldn't do that against Breeze. Hate to pick this apart, but as a better, I'm always looking for an angle. I, uh, you mentioned Sean Payton married. I like my coaches loveless and without priorities outside of football. So <laughs> congratulations on finding love, bro. We're all happy for you. Well, I don't uh, think it's going to change Sean. I mean, he's been with the. I think he's been with this with this woman for a long time. Sean's a Sean's a grinder. He's he's in the office all the time. I mean, he's a grinder. Yeah. So he's going to do what he. And I think I think this. If you like the under, then you're just saying. Peyton Willick has embraced the challenge that it wasn't all breeze. Peyton sees himself as a teacher. You know, when you went into Vince Lombardi's office in Green Bay, you know, of all the awards he won, the titles he won as the Packer head coach, the one thing that he had on his wall in that Green Bay office was the plaque of Teacher of the Year from St. Cecilia's High School. Because Lombardi saw himself as a teacher. That was first and foremost. Mm. That's what he believed in. And so that's what went on the wall. And if you're saying that Sean Payton is a great coach, you've got to believe he's a teacher. And he's going to get these quarterbacks to play better than I expect them to play and you expect them to play. And his challenge is it wasn't just Drew Brees. It was me, too, here. There's a little ego in that. And as a teacher of offensive football, I think Sean very, has very few equals. That's a very cool anecdote about Lombardi. By the way, did you see Lombardi on Broadway when the Wonder, Wonder Years dad was in I it? I did. It was very good. I did. I did. It was very good. It was outstanding. You know, and the book was outstanding when Pride Still Mattered. I think the book That's was That's a great book. I, that, you know, that book is one of the best It was ever. a great book. David Marinus wrote a tremendous book. And, and uh, you know, you know the, the, the beautiful thing is if you go back to Green Bay, the people are so wonderful there. In fact, when I was with the Cleveland Browns, we practiced against the, the Packers in the summer. And so we went over one day to walk around to see where Lombardi lived. We went right across the bridge to the little town, I think Dupree or one of those little towns away from Green Bay. And, you know, we're snooping around the lady's house and she's like, hi, can I help you guys? And I'm just sure. Is this Vince Lombardi? Oh, yeah, sure. Come on in. Really? She let us in, took us down to the basement. Oh, it was tremendous. Did you take out your license and be like, look, all right, I own this house, basically. No, Lombardi. No, I did not. I did not even say anything. And it was just, you know, to me, you felt like, you know, you felt like, you were in the. You could hear the voices. You could hear the laughter. From they used to go back there after the games, and they would go back and celebrate the games, winning the game. They would go in Lombardi's basement. All the coaches, with five or six of them, they'd go down there. They have drinks, smoke, you know, have have dinner down there, and and celebrate the game before they got ready for next week's game. So you could hear the voices smiling and laughing. What is Bill Belichick's opinion of Vince Lombardi? Well, I think Belichick has great, great respect for the game in itself. Like the, so it goes without saying. I think everything Lombardi stood for, Belichick it adheres to. Mental toughness, physical toughness, demanding, 
confrontation to the players to make them better. Push them when they need a push. Calm them when they need to slow down. I think these are the things that great coaches take. If you don't like confrontation, if you're not willing to stand for your program when someone violates what the program believes in, then you're really not a coach. You're a manager. You're just a supervisor. You're just supervising the players. So the, any coach that comes in with that ability to do that and, and handle it. And look, Lombardi developed talent. I mean, Bart Starr was a 16th-round pick. He was cast aside. Now he's in the Hall of Fame. Nobody wanted Bart Starr when he showed up in 59. Even Lombardi didn't want Bart Starr when he showed up in 59. He traded for a quarterback the minute he got to Green Bay. And Starr ended up beating him out. So there's a lot to like about studying the coaches from that era of how they were able to motivate, how they saw the game within the rules of the game. Patrick, remember, you know, we kid about this. Could you imagine in the, in the ice bowl, you know, the ice bowl was played on December 31st, 1967. You know, it was 13 degrees below zero. When Bart Starr snuck the ball behind Jerry uh, Kramer to win the game, that was third down. There were 13 seconds on the clock. That was third down. Could you imagine if he wouldn't have gotten in? Could you imagine talk radio if that were if it was around back then if he wouldn't have gotten in? Starr was sacked nine times in that game. You imagine what talk radio would have done to Lombardi? You know, how did you let him throw the ball so much? He was getting sacked too much. He didn't take care of your quarterback. Different game, different style, different play. But they had to adapt to the rules. And I think adaptation as a coach was another one of Lombardi's signatures. If the ice bowl was played today in Vegas, it wouldn't be as popular because it's going to be 115 today. <laughs> hey, yeah, by the way, quickly, one, quickly wanted to say, you know, the more you talk about leadership and Belichick and Lombardi, I'm convinced if Belichick took over the 76ers, he'd be successful. Well, yeah, well, they wouldn't be, Simmons wouldn't be on the team. And Embiid would either be in shape or he'd be on another team. I mean, you know, fear does the work of reason. You know, I've tried to reason with you. If you don't want to get in shape, you know, that drives me crazy when people quote, Embiid was crying after he lost to Toronto. If it meant that much to you, if it meant that much to you, why don't you get in shape? If it meant that much to you that you're in tears, or was this just a PR stunt? If I were the, I would have, I would have put that poster the minute you walked in the building, if I would have been the president of the 76ers, I would have put that picture of Embiid crying. Because I would want to remind him every day, if this means that much to you, get your butt in shape. Yeah, but you know how it is. You go to have one scoop, and then you eat the whole pint of the ice cream, low-key. I, 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 trust me, I know that better than anybody. I'm That's a fat a guy. I know how that works. So. <laughs> no, no, you're not fat. Uh, no, he's not a fat guy. I'm a fat guy. And by, by the way, I brought that up because Izzo, for years, when the, quarter, when, when the football team there at Michigan State had issues, honestly, there was conversation within the state of Michigan that Izzo should take over as a head football coach. As long as you, as long as you surround yourself with good assistance, I don't see why foundationally head coach wouldn't transfer. Well, I digress. Um, well, I, please. I think when you, when you look at the two teams that have the best G league teams, San Antonio and Miami, they're the best two G League teams. Good point. One of them is in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. The other one's in Austin. And they work their players. They don't want, they're not, they're not giving them any entitlement. They don't give you something without earning it. I mean, the Sixers gave Ben Simmons a max deal without really earning it. You know, and B took two years off before earning anything. This is the mentality they're fighting within that organization. And so that's why I'm so negative about them in terms of when they have to play a game seven, when they have to play something that matters the most. Are they going to be able to handle it? I don't see them as being mentally tough. 
I think it's important to thank if you're a, a Patriot fan like Josh Applebaum and the conductor of Vibes over there, you got to thank the Detroit Lions because you have to learn to walk before running. And where did Bill Belichick get his start in coaching? The Detroit Lions. So that is the that's that's, that's, that's where you start. Rick Forzano, the great Rick Forzano, legend. We come back. We'll continue with the NFC South and why Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. Lombardi line. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.
If you're a horse racing fan, First Bet is the place for you. With wagering on races over 300 tracks, AI assist picks. It's the easiest way to bet on your favorite sport. You get secure payments, attentive customer service, reliable website, all brought to you by ExpressBet. You can sign up now, and they're going to match you up to 100 bucks. Just use the code Vegas100. Go to vcin.com slash horses for more information. vcin.com slash horses. Steph brought up a great point about the South. I'll get to that in a second. But quickly, wanted to give you the anecdote about Aaron Rodgers, Michael Lombardi. I joked, yeah, but he's, he's, he's coming back to Green Bay because Aaron Rodgers has renewed his membership at the Green Bay Country Club for the rest of the year. Why would you do that? Seriously? Why would you yeah, renew your membership point. if you're not going back? You think it was on auto-renew? You think it was just on auto renewal? <laughs> you you might have just tricked. You might have just completely pummeled me. You're right. It probably was just one of those things where I'm like, did I subscribe I, to this saying, again? It could have been on auto renewal. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes I get charged like I, I got charged for oh, stuff don't I didn't start. even know I had. I, you no. know, I mean, maybe he just didn't know he had it. And I would I mean, also like it, it's Green like Bay Country Club. Yeah, Green Bay Country Club. I mean, what do you play? So well, how many months a year are you really getting out on Green Bay Country Club? Well, that's Club? what Steph said. Why would you renew it if you're not going to go back to Green Bay to play, you know? Good point. Yeah, good point. And I, can I, I just as an aside, just as an aside, Michael, I would just like to say my ex three girlfriends, I see you on my Netflix account. Okay. It auto renews. You guys are still on it. Get off my account. It's enough. <laughs> enough. And I see what you're watching. You're I, weird. When is Net, Netflix hasn't been able to figure that out? Like, they got way too many people duplicate accounts. People bootleg a Netflix. You think Bad business model, that, you know? but they're doing well. Now, yeah. why? Oh, don't well, cry for them. No, don't cry for them, Argentina. Hey, why the Falcons? So, Steph brought this up. She said, you know, the Falcons and Panthers forever in the South. Now, there's a chasm between, obviously, the Bucks and Saints and then the other two in the South. But after the Julio trade, their odds got a little bit better in the South. It, why is this? This is a team with a new coach and a bad roster. Are you? Where are you on the Falcons? Well, I'm not sure they have a bad offense. That's the, roster, yeah, that's not right? fair. I'm not right. sure of that. I, I think, you know, with Ridley and Cage, you know, they've got some really good young players. I mean, look, this offensive line, I don't think it's great. They have three number one picks in the offensive line and a third. So, and then you add Kyle Pitts at tight end. I mean, when you start adding up all the guys that they have, you know, they signed Cordell Patterson to be the junk player. You know, they finally have a running back. I mean, last year was one of the, I thought one of the worst signings of all time, signing Todd Gurley. Ugh. Like, did anybody watch him play? Ugh. You know? So, you know, with Hayden Hurst, Kyle Pitts, you know, Crazy. Calvin Ridley, a, a good offensive line, Matt Ryan, and I, and I think – I really believe that Arthur Smith is a really good offensive coach. I think he's going to run Mike Davis. I think they're probably a running back short. Maybe he'll run Patterson. Maybe Cordella Patterson will be the back two. But I think their offense could carry it. And the question marks really are on defense. And what you're saying with them when you like them, you're saying Dean Pease will fix some of their problems because he'll make some adjustments. They were too much of the Pete Carroll system, relying on the strength of their defensive front. Not good enough. You know, they're going to have to get a better year out of Dante Fowler. They're going to have to get a better year out of Grady Jarrett. They're going to have to get more speed on defense, Deion Jones. And they've got to be able to cover. I mean, they have to be able to cover. They drafted A.J. Terrell in the first round in 20. Can they cover well enough? We shall see. Their problems really were defensively last year. And when Raheem Morris took over, they actually improved. And they were in a lot of games. I mean, they were in a lot of games. I don't know. What is their over-under here, Patrick? It's seven and a half. They finished four and 12 last year. I mean, they were in a lot of games that they could have easily won. 
they were in a lot of games they could have easily won. And I think depend on Arthur Smith with 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 Dean Peace, who's Dean Peace has come out of retirement more than Sinatra. I was going mean, to say, is he Jay Z? Thinks he's got to chill. I, I, I mean, yeah, he could be Jay-Z, too. I mean, it's like unbelievable how much he comes out of retirement. But, look, he'll give them a, a balanced structure defensively, something that can, you know, help their players. When you run the Pete Carroll scheme, you're relying on one thing, the defensive front to dominate. That's what you're relying on. And we saw it with San Francisco, and San Francisco could dominate with that front. And they had Bosa, and they had Armstead, and they had Buckner. Great. You don't have those guys. You're trying to run that scheme. It's a problem. Just ask Pete Carroll. He doesn't even want to run it anymore. Could be the most – it could be – Top three as far as offenses. Remember, Hayden Hurst and Kyle Pitts. You, you think Baltimore would like Hayden Hurst back? It helps to have that balance with Andrews, right? Those two could be – for Arthur yeah. Smith to have those two big tight ends, it'd be great. Yeah, I think so. And I think, look, I think Carolina's going to be better. I think, you know, Sam, and I know my son's there, so I'm biased. I'm hoping they're better. I think Sam Darnold will play better. I think he'll play better for Joe Brady. I think he'll play better with McCaffrey. I think they'll manage him in a, in a more – uh, a way to where he won't make those dumb plays that he typically made at the Jets. Let's put let's put a pin on Carolina and talk about him tomorrow on the Lombardi line. We'll do we'll suss that out. Coming up next, of course, Thomas Gable Borgata right here Lombardi line on a Father's Day. If you missed any part of this show or any show here on VSIN, you can get them all for free. Go to vsin.com slash podcast. Remember, everything we got, we give it to you right there for free. Follow the money numbers game, beating the book, Josh Applebums, Market Insights, everything. vsin.com slash podcast. So last night when the Bucks covered, Thomas Gable, who runs the race and sports book at the Borgata, he did one of those Scrooge McDucks. He just saw all the money and he did just did a swan dive into his money. Congratulations on being rich, Thomas. <laughs> well, good morning, Patrick and Michael. Happy Father's Day. And, Patrick, I, I guess you got half the narrative right on that. Um, certainly we needed the Bucks for the game, and as probably most sports books across the country did. Everybody was on Brooklyn. I'm not going to uh, parse anything with that. So we, we did make out well with the game, but this series was the bigger thing for us. I had a lot of liability on the Bucks to win the series, so – I'm sure you don't believe me if I tell you, but I actually ended up losing money on the on the series there. So I get you. Well, first off, happy Father's Day. Yes, I'm having fun. Um, U.S. Open Father's Day here on a Sunday. Uh, behind Hughes and Henley, the big dogs are lurking. You want to give us a couple updates there? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we talked yesterday about the Open, um, we saw Rom was the uh, – the shortest odds at that point yesterday, and he was two off the pace. So but you saw a lot of the bigger names. They weren't even on that first page of the leaderboard, but a lot of them played themselves into a position yesterday where now they're just off the lead, well-positioned to uh, do some damage here today, and big, big names. You have McElroy there at three under now. DeChambeau coming in at three under. They're both at plus 
550. Uh, Usay is in a course. He is tied for the lead as part of that uh, three-way tie there at 500 going into the final round. He has the shortest odds right now, plus 330. But then you still have Rom there lurking at two under. He's at 10 to one. Uh, Dustin Johnson at 25 to one. He's only four off the pace. And you have guys that you know probably aren't even on that graphic right there that also um, are right there um, at one under with Shoffley and Morikawa, uh, guys that certainly can win this tournament are capable of doing it. Shoffley 25 to one, Morikawa 28 to one currently heading into the final round today. So it should be a really good one there, Torrey Pines, uh, with some big names now in contention. Uh, t- Thomas, if you were if you were going to make a play today, I mean, and that's this leaderboard's incredible, and I think there's money to be made here. You know, I, I mistakenly said DeChambeau could win his first one. I, I, I forgot he won last year's a blur when it comes to golf. They played it at the uh, Wingfoot yeah. in, in November. I kind of forgot about that, but. Uh, who would you play? Would you play DeChambeau? I mean, Dustin Johnson at 25-1 to 1 seems really good. I was surprised DeChambeau drove the ball as well as he did yesterday. And I didn't think the rough is as damaging as I thought it was going to be there. So who would you play? Who would you like uh, in that, like, second bracket where you can pick up some money? I really like um, – I, I like DJ there. Uh, again, if he makes an early charge, uh, certainly capable. Um I also like uh, Shoffley and Morikawa there, and you can still get some pretty good uh, prices there, 25 to 1 and 28 to 1. Yes, they have some ground to make up, but the guys really don't have that experience uh, in a major, and now all the pressure is going to be on this afternoon. Everybody's going to be feeling it. So uh, McElroy, I mean, listen, Roy's been here before. He's won it before. DeChambeau's the defending champion. Uh, you can still get plus 550 on both of those guys. Uh, but I, I would look, if you're looking for a little bit more uh, return and want to take a shot, I'd look at uh, Shoffley, Morikawa, or maybe DJ. Hey, boys, great nugget from Brady Cannon, who's uh, the best when it comes to golf. 58 of the last 60 U.S. Open winners have been four shots or less off the lead heading into the final round. So what does that mean? means uh, one under or better in the mix. Okay, great job, Brady. He'll be up next here on VSIN. Uh, of course, Thomas Gable joining us. Where are you right now? Did you go to six and a half with the 76ers laying it? We did, and we actually uh, started taking some Hawks wagers this morning. So uh, currently six and a half. Um, that's down from seven. The total still sitting at 216. We opened that at 217 and a half. Of course, the question here is, is this going to be uh, Ben Simmons' last game in a Sixers uniform today, Michael? I mean, if they lose, it's, it's probably going to be it for Simmons, don't you think? Yeah, I, I think so. I think win, lose, or draw, I think that, you know, unless they win the tournament, unless they go and win the title, I, I can't imagine that Maury's not going to have to be honest with himself and say, I got to shake up this team. I got to do something. I mean, a little bit like, you know, you know, Joe Harris is great during the regular season, but he didn't play during the postseason. How many more postseasons are we going to watch Simmons not really come through? You know, remember two years ago, T.J. McConnell ended up starting in one of the games. Brett yeah. Brown took a lot of crap for that because they had to put T.J. McConnell in there because they were, you know, they needed to get in the flow of the offense. They needed to have a half-court offense. And with Simmons in there, you know, even though he started alongside of T.J. McConnell, they really didn't have that. So 
I do think that this would be this could easily be the last home game for Ben Simmons if they don't win. We got up to five yesterday, Thomas Gable, with the Suns laying it. We're all the way back to three and a half with the official word on Chris Paul being out today. Where are you? Yeah, we're we're at four, uh, but like you said, it did touch five yesterday. Um, but now down to four here, and like you said, some shops they're at three and a half currently. The uh, the total has also been dropping in this one. It's currently two nineteen and a half down from two twenty one and a half. Phoenix coming to this one, they've won seven. Their last loss was Game Three of that Lakers series, and we'll see how they come out this afternoon after the long layoff while the Clippers and Jazz series finished up. And now without Chris Paul, of course, and Clippers, they've been playing from behind in both their playoff series thus far, but they've they've the number one offensive rating in the postseason. And during the regular season, the Clippers, they, they took two out of three from the Suns, but Paul George, he was fantastic in those matchups. He had averaged over 32 points per game and 6.7 rebounds against the Suns there. And without Chris Paul here, I think it's a huge advantage for the Clippers. They'll need to take at least one game here in Phoenix before Paul returns. And they'll likely, he's going to come back at some point, you know, once he clears protocols. Uh, Phoenix, I don't think, gets enough credit for how they play defense. Uh, I think they're defensively. They'll certainly need to do that to cool off this red hot Clippers team. In the final four games of that Jazz series, they get a 133.7 offensive rating. Uh, if LA continues their hot shooting here, you know, I don't know. It's going to be tough, but Phoenix, I think they have the defense to do it. But you're definitely seeing this total drop here. Thomas Gable, you're the best. With all sincerity, enjoy your day. It's Father's Day, and good luck today Happy at the Borgata. Thank Thomas. you, Thomas. Appreciate you. Thank you, Thomas. All right, thanks. Happy Father's Day. Okay, Josh Applebaum is a puckhead. You know this. He's got an update on VGK and the Canadians tonight. Is there a change between the pipes? We'll find out coming up next here on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people 
I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. NBA playoffs. It's the king of sportsbook. Remember, if you bet a dollar, you win a hundred. It's pretty simple. Today, somebody hits a three-pointer. That's all that has to happen. New customer offer, paid for and free bets. Just get over to betmgm.com or download the BetMGM app. It's very simple. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 1-800-2707-117 for help in Michigan. Of course, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. And then 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. Tennessee, call or text red line 800-889-9789. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. There it is. VEASAN 100 for the code. We welcome you back on this Father's Day. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi, of course. A big Saturday birthday now on to Father's Day. And as we bring Josh Applebaum in, an update. You see it, VGK and the Canadians, Cheryl. Cheryl, of course, is tripping uh, down 1-2 in the series and could be a change between the pipes for the Golden Knights, Josh. Yeah, Patrick, you're exactly right. So this is kind of breaking uh, during one of our commercials here, but it looks like, and this isn't confirmed yet, but you may have Robin Leonard in net here for VGK. Remember, VGK had that early lead 1-0. They've lost two straight. The Canadians are now up 2-1 in the series. So pivotal game four here, the updated series price, even though VGK is down 2-1, minus 150 favorite to still win this series, Montreal plus 125. But Patrick, this could be a big uh, game changer and a big uh, you know, difference maker if you're handicapping this game because you did see a lot of money on the Golden Knights. So, uh, again, the hockey market is different from a NBA market, an NFL market. We have seen the Knights. They open around minus 170, ticked up to around minus 175, touch minus 180. So you do have movement toward the Knights here. Uh, but, Patrick, Robin Leonard, he hasn't played in about a month. And if you remember, last time he played, it was the Western uh, round. Seven uh, goals? Round. He gave up seven, Patrick, exactly. 7-1 loss to Colorado. But he did have a great year, you know, 13-4, and 2.29 uh, goals against during the regular season. But, Patrick, this could be a big uh, big effect here, not only on the money line, but also the total. You know, one thing I noticed is uh, with Leonard, and really we're thinking he may start because he was in the starters crease for morning skate today. That's atypical. You know, Flurry's been in there every almost every game this playoff. So you're thinking on Twitter something might be up here, Flurry out, whether it's an injury, you know, performance-related. Maybe uh, the head coach of VGK wants to light a spark under his team. Remember, they had a lot of, um, you know, goalie controversies in years past, but really 
Fleury's really taking the torch. So uh, we may see Leonard tonight. We'll have to see how this goes. But Patrick, one thing I noticed with uh, the news of maybe Leonard being the starting goalie, the total went up a little bit. It was at five, juiced up over, but now it's five and a half. So it ticked up five to five and a half. Every game this series has landed on five. But again, Leonard, maybe it's a step down here uh, unless he stands on his head. A little bit of over money. Maybe you finally get an over instead of pushing all these fives today. Uh, Michael Lombardi. Yeah, good job, Joe. Will you come back uh, with I, your under? I, I would. Uh, you know, I'm surprised. I mean, I know Flory misplayed the, the the puck in his own end and it cost him a goal. And I understand that you could be mad at him, but he hasn't given up three goals in, in the entire playoffs. You know, I mean, Mark Stone, who's the who led the night nights with 61 points in 56 games during the regular season, he hasn't scored in the last four games. That's more problematic. I mean, Josh and Patrick, you guys know the sport much better than I, but is this an overreaction? Coming, coming, off, mistake? coming off flurry here is lunacy. It, it, he is, I mean, honestly, to me, it's lunacy. Josh, I don't know if you disagree, but I cannot fathom coming off flurry here. I'm right there with you, Patrick. To me, I don't know if this is lighting a spark on your team or, you know, kind of just getting crazy here and maybe trying to switch something up to me. I think about an injury here. This is a guy that is getting older in age. I liken him a little bit to Tuka Rask, what I saw through the Bruins playoffs, just the wear and tear of grinding it out every other night in the NHL playoffs. As a goalie, you know, you tweak something. Maybe you uh, tweak, a, you know, a hip or, or a leg or something like that. So maybe it's injury-wise, but I agree with you. You know, I think you ride, you dance with the one who brung you, Michael Lombardi. So I think to me, this might be an injury uh, type situation. We're going to have to get confirmation. But to Michael's that. point, yeah, the misplay of the know, puck, I get that. And the bad second goal in game two, but he, he, Fleury hasn't been playing poorly, Michael. You know, Springsteen has a great line in one of his songs. He says, sometimes I can't tell my courage from my desperation. And sometimes when coaches make this move, you feel courageous. But yet it's really desperate. And, I, and that's where I think I don't know enough about the sport. You know, I study it, I read about it, but I don't know enough about the sport. I don't know enough about maybe Flory's injury or maybe he's had concentration issues, whatever. But it smells like it smells like really this is not courageous. This is desperation. And, and look, I think there's other areas of your team that you've got to improve on. You know, the, one of the things I think the hardest for any sport is for the coach to sit down and say, why did we win and why did we lose? You know, last night, the Nets will say, well, we lost because, and they'll give a reason. The fans, the media will have a reason. But the real reason, the real reason, Sean Marks has to figure out the real reason. That's when he gets paid all that money. The real reasons never always are easy. They're not the, what the fans think they are. And that's why I think this is kind of a desperate move on my part. Yeah, I don't and know. I don't know enough about it to really to be that critical. Yeah, good point, Michael. I don't know if he said something to DeBoer and that's the reason for the potential change. But really, this comes down to VGK and their forwards not being able to break down that Canadian defense. It's not flurry. Okay, we transition a little bit. And, Michael, I'm going to put you on the spot here. So the Clippers, Sans yeah. Paul, excuse me, the Sun, Sans Paul, hosts the Clippers. We open up the Western Conference Finals here, and it is for 110 across the board. That is the number. Doesn't look like it's moving. 220 on the total, a couple of 219s and a half, but I'll give you four and 220. I like the 220. I think I'm going to lay away from the game on the line. If I leaned anywhere, I'd take the Clippers and the four. 
I think I'm going to go under. I think this Phoenix defense has been just really good. They haven't given up more than 109 points just one time in the postseason. You know, I bet this will be a defensive struggle. I think this is going to be a feeling out. That's going to be a game of adjustments to adjustments to adjustments. And as as this chess match plays, I think we're going to see it. And I think the Clippers can't possibly shoot 51% from that three-point line. I mean, I think Terrence Mann's story was great. You know, Reggie Jackson's been sensational, and Paul George has been really good. But I do think this defense for Phoenix, although Chris Paul's not in, is really good. And I think, you know, Monty Williams will be able to have the adjustments needed. He's watched what they've done. He's seen what they how they play small. I like it to be under the 220. I think if it goes much lower than that, I would lay off. Josh? Michael, I'm with you on the total there. You've seen some under money come in. Public is really, uh, you know, hitting this over. You still, you're down a couple stars, Kawhi and Paul George, but you still think of these teams as flashy up and down the court. So big uh, betting market to the over. Yet this thing has fallen. To me, that's a classic. You know, 221 and a half down to 220. I'm with you, Michael. I think 220 could be your last number here before maybe it drops to 219 and a half. But I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take the Clippers in the plus four. I like this spot uh, because you have heavy betting on the Suns, who have been great throughout the playoffs have a lot of rest, they're ready to go, but they're missing Chris Paul, and I don't think you can really underestimate losing Paul. They really haven't, uh, you know, experienced losing Paul and not having him on the court, whereas to me, the Clippers' advantage is they lost Kawhi, and they've really bounced back and played well, and you've had, you know, Terrence Mann step up, so they've kind of, they know what it's like without missing their star. Uh, The Suns don't. Heavy betting on the Suns, about two-thirds of bets laying this short number. They've been great in the playoffs. But here's the key to me, guys. Open four, kind of stayed four. You look at some of these fours, they're juiced up to the Clippers' side at different uh, you know, points in time. It's it's hinted down to three and a half. So to me, all liability seems to be the Clippers. I know they're the you know the tired team, quick turnaround here, but maybe that maybe that rust plays a factor in not knowing what it's like without Paul. I'll take the plus four. If you like the Hawks, you're losing the number here a little bit. You lost the best of it seven when we got here. It's now six and a half, Michael. So Philadelphia's laying six and a half. You won't see it, but we're, we can still bet it. Two sixteen on the total. You know, I think the last uh, the Hawks are sixteen and seven in the last twenty three games following a loss to the over. Uh, they're six and two in the seven, and the seventy sixers are six and two in their last eight games to the over. I, I think that when you look at this and that this is an opportunity where if Philly wins, they're gonna have to score and play up tempo. And I like the over here in the game. I would take Atlanta and the points because I think Atlanta will ultimately win outright. I do. I'm not and I'm not sugarcoating that because Whoa. I think when it's crunch time and it's hard. I do. When I think it's crunch time and it's hard, you know, did you see the sign that they had up about Embiid? You know, they don't give out change because he doesn't play in the fourth quarter or something. (laughs) Have you seen that one going around Atlanta? No, that's funny, though. That's funny. I mean, you know, I'm with Josh. Maybe they come out smoking, but they're going to have to rest him because they're going to need him in the fourth. They're going to need him to have some energy. He's not playing 48 minutes. He's not playing 40 minutes. So I, I just think that the reluctance of that. And look, has Doc Rivers won a game seven before? Has he, Patrick? Maybe a little. Look at this resume. Look look at this resume of, of, of exits. I mean, you know, and, and anytime, here's what I would say, and I sent this to Will Hill. Anytime you think it's going to be easy for Philly, we're playing at home. You know, we just beat them. Whenever there's that mentality, and Doc talked about this in the huddle. He said, guys, we're talking about our habits. We're talking about our habits. Well, he knows they have horrible habits. That's why he was stressing it when they were up by 20. We're not talking about the score. We're talking about habits. So I worry about their habits, and I think that they think because we're home, we're going to win. Because we're really good at home. 
they won't remember that they've lost two of these three, two of the games at home. So I like the Hawks. Maybe a little sprinkle on that money line at plus 240 from Michael Lombardi. Josh Applebaum. Yeah. Oh, that's juicy on the money line, Michael. I like that. But yeah, I'm with Michael on this one. I'm going to grab the points. I think you were waiting. You know, this game opened uh, Philly minus seven. And it reminds me a lot of game five. Remember when Atlanta was down big in game five? They ended up coming back and winning 109-106 in Philadelphia. So they've kind of experienced this, you know, the raucous crowd being down. I also like with Trey Young and this young team that they can get down by 26 and they just keep fighting and keep playing. So to me, the biggest indicator across the market was that it opened at seven, never got to seven and a half. It's now down to six and a half. I want to see the next move. Is there buyback when you get closer? Remember, this is a primetime game, 8 o'clock. Does it get back to 7? Does it fall further to 6? I'm going to grab the points. Again, Patrick, you're right. You know, plus 7 was your best number there. But that line moving to Atlanta, I'm going Atlanta in the points. And I think the only way that I would play Philly is, again, that first quarter minus 2.5, first half minus 4. Uh, to me, maybe they get up big, but I like the points overall in the full game odds. Ideally, 7, 6.5 now. A very sincere happy now, Father's Day. Quickly, go ahead, Michael, please. Well, you know, it's interesting. 82% of the money is on Atlanta. 82% of the money, 18%. You would think Josh Applebaum would be a, you'd think he'd be oh, a contrarian no. with Philly, well, but no. His, his brain oh, is no. broke. Not again. His brain is broke since oh, yesterday, boy. the Bucks. Uh, happy Father's Day, Michael. Thanks, Patrick. Same to you. Enjoy the day. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, genuinely. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Steph. Yeah. Hey, dads, you, you, you get love, too. Shout to my pops. Uh, thank you, Paul, Jeff. Thank you, Steph. Brady Cannon and the crew's coming up next. A lot of golf. Good stuff there on the pregame show. We'll see you tomorrow here on the Lombardi Line. It's Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.